From the Dub Lab Studios in Virgil Village, California, on the MTV Podcast Network in association with Panoply, this is North Mollywood. I'm Alex Papadimus. You know, sometimes you do a podcast. They can't all be gems. You do it every week during the apocalypse. They're not all going to be great. It just happens sometimes. You just end up talking about HBO, slandering your dad. But listen, we got a live one today. On the other side of this table, you've seen her on Drunk History, heard her on many a podcast. Maybe you've seen her around your neighborhood if you live near her. Tess Lynch! Hey, what's up? <laughs> and from Spin Magazine and the brand new podcast, It's Cool to Like Anime, Emily Yoshida. Hi! <laughs> and of course, the Chief Ranger of the Rogue National Park of North Mollywood, Ollie Lambert. Hey, everybody. You may remember Tess, Emily, and Molly from a podcast called Girls in Hoodies, which I used to listen to with envy and jealousy because I thought it was so good. Um, this week, I'm just hoping that we'll get to talk about Game of Thrones with Molly because that's my favorite Girls in Hoodies is the one where we find it's like the fantasy conversation. Me doing this podcast with you, Molly, is just me trying to sort of get into that conversation about Game of Thrones and fantasy stuff. Uh, we're also going to talk about Haunted Swedish Castles, uh, the etiquette of resisting fascism, Gamergate. What else? Debbie Reynolds is in there. Let's go. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Three-way harmony. Three-way harmony. <laughs> We were trying to figure out which of us was the Crosby, the Stills, and the Nash. Yeah, we were we were trying to figure out who was the best, worst, and middle musician of the trio to be, and we're still it's still kind of up in the air. I've always been a David Crosby lady. Maybe you're Crosby. I think that that's you're flattering me. Now <laughs> Emily said she might be Stills. I I kind of have to be Stills because my mom was obsessed with Stills, and I was just brought up to believe that he was an okay dude. I'll be Nash. I love Nash. He seems like a nice guy. Alex, that makes you Neil Young. I know. Did you see how I just sat back and <laughs> yeah. let that happen and you made just sure, like, just was like, oh, it's cool. I get to be Neil Young. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll be Han Solo. That's fine. Great. That's <laughs> oh, great. I was going to make a different, more dorky Star Wars reference Do it. to that. Go. No, it was, it's a total prequels reference, but it's like Emperor Palpatine just sitting back until he gets to be. The wow. <laughs> That's funny because those movies uh, like are based in reality. We've learned now. We've just learned. No, it's I. Okay, so this is because I've been listening to a friend of mine's podcast, and they, um, it's called Blank Check Now. But before that, they would um, they went through and watched the three prequel movies, and I think did twelve podcasts a piece on each movie. Um, <laughs> sure. And it, it's and they did this a while ago, but then I was listening to it like just because they they did a compilation of all these episodes, and I was like, oh man, I mean, I think I need to watch. Revenge of the Sith again. Like, I think it might be super relevant right now. Why would that be? I know, I don't know. No, I really don't know. I'm asking. Oh, I've never seen it. Me neither. Uh, I mean, it's about the rise of the empire. Yeah, it's so, fascism. Yeah, it's like the seeds of fascism being planted and blossoming. There's a lot of like intergalactic C-SPAN in those movies. Yes. Like, the prequels have a lot of like, we're going to withdraw from this trade deal. Like there's oh, yeah. like a really a lot. Yeah. That's what I get bored during when they're like. Well, they're not good. Uh, I also get bored not just during Star Wars, but also during Game of Thrones whenever people are sitting around a big table talking about trade agreements 
and who gets to be in uh, future NAFTA. <laughs> it's been like three years uh, since all of us were in a room, and it immediately we just go into Game of Thrones. Who's watching Game of Molly. Thrones? <laughs> so but it's did good. It, but Tess, you got into Game of Thrones. I did get into in the Game meantime. Of yeah, I did. What turned you around? I think watching TV and just uh, from a not like work perspective of just like a really like you know, really lazy brain kind of thing Mm -hmm. allowed me to just zone on the boring plots. And then I was like, okay, now I can just focus on what I like. But also I was uh, very pregnant and needed to an excuse to sit like anchored to the sofa Mm -hmm. and just like get into it. And I had just finished watching um, The Sopranos again, which I do, I try and do every other year just to keep it fresh. (laughs) I try to do it every other other year. Yeah, I did it like twice, you know, I did two years, I did it like back to back and I felt like it didn't have enough time to really like mature. To marinate? To marinate. I needed to marinate. I love how you talk about it like it's a yoga retreat or something. It is a yoga retreat. (laughs) I try to go once every two years. (laughs) For my soul. (laughs) It's a mental yoga retreat. Totally. I'm I'm overdue for a rewatch. I don't think I've rewatched it in maybe at least six years or something like that. Oh, wow. Like I think I rewatched everything after the finale. Mm -hmm. And then it's been a while since then. So, What have you been watching? Well, I've been getting in a lot of fights about the OA with people, so <laughs> there's that. Whose side are you on? I'm pro-A. <laughs> I'm OA Hive, man. I, I think that show is bananas, and I'm glad it exists. It's a, it's a, it's like the on the extreme edges of what our current TV bubble economy is allowing through, and I'm glad that it was allowed through because it's so insane. Um people have a problem with the ending. I think the ending is great. I think it's perfect. I, I get pissed off at it in the middle because uh, it does really go to like the, I don't know, it really, really leans hard on the interpretive dance. But when it pays off, it's great and it made me cry. <laughs> I watched one or I thought I was watching one. I think I watched I watched the pilot and I fell asleep during the pilot and I woke up in episode two. No, 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 no. I don't think that's what happened to you. This is what happens. In the first episode, the credits don't come in until about 45 minutes through the first episode. I woke up in Russia and I had no memory of how I got there plot-wise. Yeah. No, that's that's what happens. There's a huge left turn at the end of the first episode. There's like a fake Viggo Mortensen was talking and speaking (laughs) like what I assume is real Russian. Speaking of ending up in Russia. I really wanted that to be (laughs) speaking of fake Viggo Mortensen's. I wanted you to have another, like, it's so weird that you say that. Has anyone seen Captain Fantastic, (laughs) though? (laughs) Um, No, Russia, man. Uh, you were saying how you wanted to get back into reading no- Russian novels, or was that you? Yeah, that was me yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was saying also that a couple weeks ago on this podcast, we talked about... Wow. Let's just acknowledge that uh, you may hear something in the background. It is the sound of... Progress. Uh, Progress. <laughs> Thank you for pronouncing it in the Canadian way. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, the, the, Trump is trying to drill into our bunker, mm. even as we speak. Oh, this is what I was going to say, is that a couple weeks ago we were talking about the lone gunman from the X-Files, and uh, Andrew T. suggested that the lone gunman would now be alt-right. And I would like to counter-suggest that we are the lone gunman. 
like just starting in hot. We're like, how are we going to talk about current events? <laughs> we are the long government. <laughs> well, I just feel like uh, in the time since <clears throat> we stopped doing uh, the Girls in Hoodies podcast, uh, we've all become even more paranoid mm-hmm. and uh, post-apocalyptic. And maybe just the world has caught up with us. Well, Molly and I are in the weird tinfoil group of people who believe that Instagram is listening to our our conversations, our private conversations. They are. They are. Um, I worked at a tech publication for a couple of years after Girls in Hoodies, and um, I was I was pretty mocked for this. I will say, but I stick to my beliefs. I've definitely had things pop up on my phone that, or things I only spoke about um, that I never wrote an email about or did any business with or anything. So, oh, this is you know, Molly also wrote something about this as well. I, uh, my husband and I were talking about. I think we were talking about rainbow sandals, like the flip-flops. And then we started getting ads for sandals resorts. But both of our phones had, like, had the microphone disabled. Uh And we weren't, like, using our phones at the time. But it was, like, both of us would get ads, like, multiple times a day for sandals resorts. (laughs) Not helpful. We just wanted flip-flops. I mean, where are you going to wear your flip-flops if not at a sandals resort? Uh, Maybe that's true. (laughs) Hal can read your lips. You totally can. Yeah. They also just proved that they just what that your phone can read can read. No, lips. just like that. Uh, I think computers just surpass humans at lip reading. Mm-hmm. Well, good thing that there's there's no context in which that would become scary and dangerous. <laughs> right. Good thing that we built like an incredible surveillance state. You know, yeah. Aren't point, handing it over to anybody who's going to. Well, use we it were just going to have it forever, right? Like it was just going to be like nice people were going to take care of it forever. Like why? What's the what's the harm in that? At this point, we might have to use the robots against humans. I mean. You mean which <laughs> which humans? This Molly. is how the prequels start. It's like, oh, we should build a we should build a droid army. Yeah, like I Who believe ordered that droid army. It was me. It was Molly. <laughs> Who ordered the droid? Cypress Hill. I'm looking in your direction. Um, yeah. Okay. So droid army. That's okay. That's one thing. What are we? We need to come out of this. Like, this is a rare brain trust, right? We don't have this yeah. many people this who is, are like super talented and smart in one room at one time. So, like, we're, we don't leave here until we've solved some of these issues. Right. Like, this is an emergency meeting. This is like the Paris uh, uh, summit in a couple of years ago. Um, I just saw the, the sequel to Inconvenient Truth at Sundance. So, it was a lot about that. And it was just the power of negotiation, man, the power of getting on the phone with people and, 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 getting India to stop their coal plants. Um, Good thing you can't call the White House now. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody else can... uh, What if we text them a bunch of angry emojis? Have have you guys... All right, I have have two questions. (laughs) Has anybody... Because I've been thinking about literally like putting off doing this like all week. Like I've finally gotten to the point where I feel like I have to do it, but I haven't done it yet because I'm really sort of, I have like phone anxiety in general in life. I don't like to call people on the phone, but they're yeah. like, the only way to do it is calling people on the phone, which is the worst. So I have to get over a fear. Has anybody called a senator? Oh, certainly. Yes. Many senators. Really? Yeah. What is it like when you call the senator? Uh, a lot of times you don't get through and okay. it depends on how patient you are to keep trying. Um, and then sometimes their voicemail box is full, but the people that I got through to, it, it felt a little less 
um, satisfying because they were my local reps in Brooklyn. And like, I knew that they were like, I didn't need to worry about them too much. They're very much like my, my specific rep in my neighborhood, Yvette Clark, shout out to Yvette Clark. She's awesome. Um, and, you know, it's been really, really like more outspoken even than, you know, the most left leaning de- Democrat. So I'm not too worried about her, but I still got to talk to her often. So be like, you know, keep up the good work. Good job. <laughs> but um, it was harder getting through to like, say Chuck Schumer or something. Hey, if you want to get your politics news from people who slightly know a little more what they're talking about than we do, MTV Podcasts presents The Stakes every week. MTV's politics team breaks down the stories behind the stories, politics and social justice. It's a good show. Check it out wherever you got this podcast. You've long been a fan of the Purge series. I love, <laughs> <laughs> I love the Purge series. Um, yeah, it's a problem. Can you still love the Purge now that it, the Purge might need to happen? And now that the slogan has been lifted for a presidential yeah. campaign? Yeah, that's insane. No, no, I... I wait, wait, go back to that. The, um, the slogan for the last one, Purge election year, uh, was Keep America Great. And that, after Trump was inaugurated, that became the presidency slogan. Because what's a presidency without a good slogan? Um, I think Molly Molly just sunk down into the ground <laughs> with that information. <laughs> so wait, we made America great by electing Donald Trump. And from now on, it's keep America great? Like, it's, it's like, it's that's it, that was all it took? Yeah. It's like slam dunk. And yeah. like now we just need to maintain at that level. Yeah. And we'll be fine. But then apparently last like last night he went on ABC and this is all stuff I can't actually watch any of these interviews. Like it's too much for me. But I just read the transcript. It's really nice that people do transcripts of these because mm-hmm. it's like a little bit of a barrier to keep my mind from exploding. But, uh, you know, just going off on how like America is so it's like a horrible place to live. And it's like really doubling down on that angle that before was just reserved for like. Uh, African-American communities, like they were the only people that were actually living in a war zone apparently. And now it's everybody. Now we're all, and it's like, okay, great. We'll keep that. Let's keep it going then. You get shot. <laughs> walk into the store for a loaf of bread. It's terrible. My Trump is terrible. I'm sorry. My Trump is no good. I can't even, like, yeah. I thought that was a Pacino. <laughs> I decided to do it as You can Pacino. get shot walking your doggy. <laughs> you can kill walking your <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I can do Nolte. I could do Trump as Nolte. That's the only way that I, have. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. I'm I'm kind of conflicted. I haven't really been watching SNL recently. Fuck SNL. I, that's sort of my failing over- show. Failing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd like to be on the side of like whatever people have a good chance to like actually grind Trump's brain down to a tiny little pulp of like frustration. But I just like. For me, SNL never really like. I'm always surprised the effect that it has. No, we're still mad at them for letting them host. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I feel like people are quick to forget that they're kind of quick to forget it about Jimmy Fallon hosting the Golden Globes. And it's not like I mean, obviously, yes. Like you want to, if somebody like is ready to come on board and like be woke or whatever, then like welcome them. But like, don't give them, a, don't don't continue to t- continue to give them a platform. I feel like. Like, they should not be our leaders or, like, our figureheads in, like, stuff that represents American culture 
at large, like especially stuff where, you know, the Golden Globes where you have something like Meryl's speech or something like that. Um, it felt weird to have him be the ringleader of that event <laughs> when other people were saying more useful things. But yeah. Not that it's not that we should not laugh. Like I would <clears throat> like to laugh again. I don't know that I will. Um, I would like to laugh. Again. <laughs> I dream of laughs. But I think it's very hard when something is this uh, upsetting to so many people to enjoy any kind of like not completely successful comedy yeah. about it mm-hmm. because it feels so. Um, you feel like almost oppressed by by people trying to yeah. find the humor in it when maybe it's better to acknowledge there is none. Mm-hmm. No, I'm doing great, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry about me. <laughs> well, I think like the Trump impression thing is a good example. Like, I think I don't need to hear. A, no offense, Alex. I don't need to hear like another mm, like white man doing an impression of Trump to make his friends laugh like which is I feel like is something I hear every once in a while I'm like it's not a joke anymore like don't do it See, yeah I feel like I focus on the Trump aspect and about what's sort of ridiculous about that because the rest of it is so much worse it's like at least you can focus on like the guy kind of like shuffling around the west wing like watching tv at like yeah. sad because he doesn't like get his like tv time yeah is cur- curtailed by the fact that he's the president yeah like that i z- sort of zone into just because like when you actually like i'm i'm in the the, the sort of like the mike pence is the true oh like, i think satan Steve, laughing spreads Steve his wings Bannon, i think yes yeah, yeah yeah i mean he wrote the speech and i feel like that kind of set a lot of the tone of what's going on so um also he's a crazy racist wait who all of them all of he the the royal he (laughs) Uh. don't forget betsy devos yeah yeah ladies can be nightmare people i had a a thought this morning I feel like there should be a rules for how to use social media effectively. <laughs> like, not that I ever want to police how people are using Twitter or anything like that, but it seems like there's a lot of unconstructive stuff going on. I feel like we shouldn't be allowed to subtweet other people who are, like, essentially on our side. I kind of agree with you. I think if you have a dis- disagreement with somebody or you feel like they're not going about it the right way, you should talk to them or just like direct message them or something i mean this all sounds so lame and like not revolutionary compared to like what people are doing in the 70s or something but like no subtweets i think is a good place to start (laughs) to actually like we're already on the internet and not speaking face to face with the people that like we should be working with at the very least if you want to talk to somebody online you should actually talk to them Instead Wait, are of, you talking about like politically? Like, yeah, when okay. people are, yeah, just like the kind of like some people aren't talking about protests, right, or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, it's like mm, talk to the person, talk to the person you have a problem with, and figure it out. Like the very least that you can do on Twitter.com. Are you verbally subtweeting those people? I right know. Now? Who are you subtweeting? <laughs> I know. Seriously. I'm not. No, Name I, names. I don't because there's so many. I feel like. No, I, there's I, that's not a subtweet because it's like a bazillion people who are <laughs> who just do that. Like it's a mass subtweet. It's a you'll, mass. You'll tag them in the post, right? Talking. Yeah, but it, it 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 you know people. I feel like for a while, it, the first wave of everybody using the internet, 
it was like, oh, why, you know, nobody talks face to face anymore. Like people feel emboldened by their anonymity online. And now it's like people don't even actually, I mean, aside from being a troll, like if you're a troll and just harassing somebody, but nobody actually is emboldened by being just a face on a computer. Trolls are mad emboldened right now. <clears throat> yeah, Molly's had some some fun trolls. Yeah. Some, some trolls. I'm not talking about those people because I don't really feel – I feel like they're all children. I thought that too, but children can't vote. So who voted for Trump? Mm, their parents. <laughs> <laughs> um, Emily, something you've been saying a lot recently that I feel is very important is – Don't say the thing that could get me put in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that we'll talk about in the secret after podcast. Yeah. <laughs> after have you been talking podcast. a lot about like I have to get these speedboats full of cocaine <laughs> yeah. from uh, across into international waters? We gotta stay up all night. We, gotta, <laughs> we can't tell you right now, Alex. Look, he's staying up all night. We have to too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I hate that I'm on the same Twitter schedule as Trump. Um, <laughs> I know that's so funny. What I was gonna say though is you keep talking about how uh, GamerGate kind of turned into the alt right. Yeah. Which I think is totally true. It was a test run and it was run against people that um, people in power are not used to paying attention to, i.e. like female writers on the internet. And so when female writers on the internet were saying, hey, there's um, there's a lot of shit that's going on and there's this huge like wave of harassment for anybody who, you know, has such a controversial opinion and is like, we should have games for both men and women. Uh and a lot of people didn't take it seriously, I think also because it had to do with video games and it's really hard to, for outsiders. Because it wasn't happening to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, by the time it became a matter of a presidential election, everybody's like, where did these people come from? And it's like, yeah, oh yeah, those guys, are, I've seen those guys in my mentions before. Yeah, yeah I didn't know 4chan could <clears throat> mobilize. Oh yeah, well that's like, I feel... I feel like that's all it is there for now. It's really weird. I was talking about um I was talking about 4chan and its Japanese predecessor 2chan on my on my podcast it's cool to like anime which um is on a hiatus after its first two episodes because I went to Sundance and couldn't record. But I talked about it with Justin Charity from The Ringer and just about how this online community that was the predecessor for the American version of it, of it, 4chan, uh, started off as just like a, just hanging out, sharing videos, sharing lols and stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, the, the American community came up and, and was very similar. And I think the, the Nichon, the Japanese version started to have a very nationalist bent like a few years before 4chan did. Like it's sort of, it's like, one there's like two kind of lines of progress and they're kind of echoing each other um progress <laughs> scare quotes did it turn into <clears throat> japanese nationalism oh yeah there's a tons of japanese nationalism now that's like a rising thing they you know they Who's really their pepe <laughs> I don't know, that's a good question i don't know i wish that you know like I can barely understand how to use 4chan. Uh, if I've ever like wanted to just dive into the cesspool, I I can imagine how to how I would navigate 2chan. But yeah, um, but there's something I feel like it's you know as as a lady who is interested in 4chan, you definitely like go in sometimes and you're like, 
what's up? <laughs> yeah, it's like the it's like the equivalent now of going to some. It's the feeling of going to some zine shop or something you weren't allowed to go to or like had to be dropped off around the corner from as a kid. Secret zine shop. Yeah, secret zine shop, except it's like full of Nazis. (laughs) 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 Like it does feel like it feels legitimately scuzzy and weird. And if it wasn't full of so much hatred, I think that would be really exciting. Um, I think that was kind of exciting to me, like around like 06, 07, like. Not that I spent any, I don't, I've never had an account on it or anything, but sometimes I'd just be like, what's this weird thing that's going on? Like kind of poke around. But do you guys, I mean, we talk about it like mostly being online, but do you guys have any friends or acquaintances that you've, you know, had to kind of step back from? Not friends. I don't think like uh, half of my family voted for Trump, but not, I don't talk to them. So it's not like I had to deal with it. Nice, nice. (laughs) Um, it's interesting because it is such a virtual debate. I mean, it, I think most most people I know, and I wouldn't say we have, you know, that we're super close because at this point I'm so wrapped up in this, as I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are, that I wouldn't really hang out with somebody who didn't think I had, like, any rights or yeah. whatever. Uh, but it's interesting how, like, it's become kind of the – you know, this different way. It's the two different internets kind of thing, the yeah. red feed, blue feed. And right now it, it's it's very intimidating. Like it, there are so many parts of the internet that you're, you just should not go yeah. into. At the same time, I still feel like the on, online, I think that that side is vastly overrepresented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that a person who is prone to giving into conspiracies and buying into all that stuff is more likely to have an account that they troll people with yeah. on the internet versus somebody who doesn't believe in any of this, that stuff but maybe doesn't quite care enough to like hang out on Twitter all day and check up on news and like tweet angrily. Like right. I feel like that's among the left that's like a smaller portion versus on the right where I think that it's How much- can we harness trolling for the left? This is a good question. <laughs> I want to harness trolling and fake news and just swarms. We need well, a tea party. We need like a we leftist are the tea, tea party, party now. Have you noticed that we all yeah. sound like crazy people? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's instead of states' rights, it's cities' rights. Yeah, like that. There's. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this morning, but yeah, all these all these mayors, including the mayor of Los Angeles, um, uh, just all kind of committed to resisting every single I saw that. double down on being sanctuary and yeah. Andrew T was saying like man you know shit is fucked up when the LAPD become the good guys right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Andrew T has been I, I feel like I've like been clinging to every. he's been one he of said. the few people that I'm like you are making me laugh in a way that feels oh yeah really yeah. productive yeah <laughs> or not productive but just like <clears throat> cathartic yeah you wanted to say it well, it's also just no, like, I mean, Andrew T has been talking apocalyptically about racism for a long time. And I think, like, uh, it's it's more useful to hear that person who I have a history of both listening to. And, like, you know, I've been on his podcast a couple of times and versus somebody who just now is like, oh, wait, everything's shitty. I just realized. I, I can't like, believe it. <laughs> yeah. Wait, America was founded on slavery? It's- what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Founding fathers? Um we were talking about where women should meet up and um, oh don't tell them <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh excuse me we have a se- we are about to become 
so much crazier. <laughs> I know, I know. It's Tyler, sort of exciting. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of exciting. We are 100% the lone gunman in that I'm also like reading through 12 million pages of declassified CIA stuff. Oh, yeah, I started that. For comfort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you send me a link? <laughs> I will. Okay. Um, it goes, you know, there's like alien stuff, a lot of alien photos, and they're all like really badly photocopied. Mm-hmm. from some ancient file. So it's got that nice kind of grainy, barely yeah. barely legible feeling. I mean, half of it's stuff like that, and the other half is like my lie. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, America sucks. Mm-hmm. America Ben sucks. <laughs> ben sucks. <laughs> Where um, are you getting 12,000 pages of uh, declassified CIA uh, documents? Is that them. is that what you're on 4chan for? No, they released it on CIA.gov. Mm-hmm. Wow. You can it's download called it. Crest. <laughs> CIA.gov is like, everything must go. Yeah. (laughs) It's like millions of pages. Wow. Literally. It has everything. My favorite thing so far is Acoustic Kitty, which was the (laughs) secret government program to use cats as spies. No. (laughs) No. It's still working. That's what I'm saying. It's comforting because you're like, oh, the government is fucking silly. They've been doing yeah. the silliest They stuff. got jokes. What yeah. were the cats going to do? The cats were going to like walk through a room where Nazis are having a secret conversation or something. And, uh, do they have up. like recorders on them? Yeah. And they have a little like recorder in the ear or something. Oh and then God. the document, because there's stuff, bl- you know, blocked out of all the documents that you can't read. But it says like, we have determined that the cat idea for blank is not going to work. Because <laughs> it depends on cats doing what you want them to do. There is, they do all sorts of crazy shit. They did something also where they were going to release like foxes into Japan during World War II because they had found out that uh, people thought foxes were spirits. That there was like a, you know, a folk belief that foxes were ghosts. And so they were like, we'll release all these foxes and we'll freak everybody out that there's ghosts coming. Wait, is, wow. it, is it in the document? Spiritual that, like, terrorism. We've determined that the Japanese fear foxes yes. irrationally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Wow. See, that feels more... Like that that humor is again like a kind of thing. I was like, it feels okay to laugh at that in a way. I don't know. It feels like a legitimate. It's not happening right this second. <laughs> yeah. Well, this brings me to something. We wanted to get a podcast together a while back when I was reading the Patty Hearst book by Jeffrey Tubin, which is um a laugh riot um <laughs> and about um, anarchists in the seventies, just not knowing what they're doing at all. It's like a, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but with um, bomb makers in, in San Francisco. <laughs> the gang sticks it to the man. Yeah, no, it's totally like the the game wipes out the fascist worm. Like, um, and that also felt like kind of a like you can just imagine the Benny Hill music or something playing <laughs> while you're I've been hearing the, the Benny Hill music a lot. <laughs> Every time I read the news. Yeah. <laughs> I just have the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme playing on a loop in my head for, for the next one million minutes. Oh, man. Uh, let's take a moment to shout out Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, yeah. man. Mary. 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 I, don't, I don't really have any. That's okay. <laughs> I just wanted to shout her out. And shout out to Carrie Fisher belatedly because yeah. I feel like we would have, if we still had a podcast, we would have been on that we love carrie fisher mm-hmm. and debbie reynolds mm-hmm. i do want to say and i don't know emily if you've seen mother 
from 1996 with Debbie Reynolds? Mm-mm. Okay. The Albert Brooks movie? Rewatched Molly it. loves Albert Brooks. Oh, oh me not, too, me too. Do not love Albert Brooks. I love Albert Brooks. <laughs> Molly is Brooks Hive is like so hard. Like, so Stop she's psyched about me. this. Stop she's talking. actually, she's containing herself, but she's so psyched that someone brought up Albert but Brooks. But she loves Mother. Stop subtweeting me. You love Mother. I Admit do. it. Still here, mother. Still me, mother. Still me. <laughs> Just because I've been quoting a joke from a trailer for like 30 years doesn't mean I like something. There's some really good good stuff in Mother. I have to hand – I mean, it's mostly Debbie Reynolds who gets like everything good, except there's like one scene where Albert Brooks rearranges a chair in a living room, and I, it's like a 45-minute long scene <laughs> <laughs> while talking on a landline. And I was like, that seems real to me and good. Uh, but yeah, Debbie Reynolds, I feel like – Got to get a shout out too. So I just did. And there you go. This has been so great for me. All I, all I ever wanted, all I ever wanted was to be on Girls and Hoodies. And now I kind of feel like it happened. We, and, all I ever wanted is to be on uh, Prince movies. So now we yeah. have a super group <clears throat> Prince Hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to do that. Do you like Prince hoodies? I always want to just like, like switch Prince it up. Hoodies. Just oh, kind of just or just fuse into We one should thing. make Prince hoodies. Oh yeah. That would be a really good. Okay. I, no, I think when we first when Molly and I first started talking about doing this podcast, I sent you a picture of Prince in a hoodie. That's my con- those, it was Prince hoodies literally. <gasps> oh man. Prince rocked a hoodie. Well, next time we'll get Wesley in the room and we'll I feel like at that point, once you have five people on a podcast, you just have to have like a TED talk or a panel or something <laughs> like invite everybody to well, the little turn or soon something. it's going to be a 90s commune yeah mm-hmm. that ends in 1999 and it's going to be in the underground level of Disneyland <laughs> which we will have taken over as our safe haven can we just do the $15,000 dinner place that like luxury isn't there something that just opened at Disneyland that's what? like in Walt's apartment am I making this up oh Club no. 33 <laughs> no that's, that's a new thing oh okay because like yeah that's been there forever yeah right. this is I wait just, who's been to Club 33 Nope. You're the only one. Wait, no. have you? No. I thought I was thought you were about to drop that. No, like no. I would love to go to Club 33. It's all I yeah. want in life. Yeah. It it I feel like it's like Magic Castle and then Club 33. Like those are the secret things you have to have an invite for. Club 666 is our new club. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um I can't tell anybody where we're meeting, but we're meeting in a FM in a safe space. Yes. We encourage people. This is literally going to do this. We encourage people to hang out and leave your phones at home because they can hear you. Yep. It's true. <laughs> when you have resistance conversations, maybe have them somewhere where your phones aren't. And yeah. away from foxes and cats. <laughs> and away from foxes and cats that Can't might be eavesdropping. And if you have a great idea of how to how to dismantle our new fascist state, don't tweet it. <laughs> send a, send a, a carrier pigeon to us. Then. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, talk. That's it. That's it. Hang out with your friends. Hang out with your friends. Hang out with your hoodies. <laughs> We're here for you. We don't know what the fuck to do, yeah. but we uh, will be here. Until we're not. Yeah. <laughs> In which case, it's just, it's been great. It's been fun. <laughs> I'm glad we can have this emergency um, convening and, uh, Don't you know. Don't tell anyone about our haunted headquarters in Sweden. <laughs> oh, wait. Can I really quick tell people about our haunted headquarters? So wait, what? <laughs> I'm not aware of this. Okay. So I was uh, – I was. I'm so sorry. This is like to tack on at the end, but I just have to say I was looking. I was like, okay, if I'm going to move away, where would I go? And I was like, I guess Sweden. I don't know. (laughs) 
And so I look at Swedish real estate and I find this mansion that's like, you know, in LA, if you tried to get a studio for this price, you could never do it. So I, I'm like, okay, really into it. And there's a lot of copy about the seven buildings and the history. And it was built, you know, way back in the day. And then in the middle of the copy, it's like, okay, so the guy who built the house had a wife. She died. She haunts the place. This is written by a realtor. She haunts the place, <laughs> but she's really friendly. So don't worry about it. And then they, and then it's like, and the pastures. And, then, and I was like, I showed my husband, and I didn't tell him about the haunting. He was like, well, it's totally haunted. I mean, it looks like Stellan Skarsgård's going to, like, pop down from the ceiling and bite you. And I was like, to well, it fair, is haunted. Yeah. It totally looks like a Lars von Trier. Yes, it does. It looks like the celebration or cellar. Some, some horrible, yeah. like, oh, Lars von Trier. Well, just that yeah. room with, like, the bare, like, cellar wall. There's, like, yeah. a dirt wall and then an exercise machine. There's, like, a spinning loom in an attic. So it's, like, Rumpelstiltskin's <laughs> oh there. God. Everyone's there. I mean, it, it was, it's worth checking out. I tweeted it. I should like, I'll send Molly a link so you guys can all look at it. Who was talking about old people dipped in wax? <laughs> no, that was me also. <laughs> Friend of mine went to dog sit and she walked in. There's all these old people, old, old wax people. <laughs> and I said it was definitely a wax murder at the wax museum situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that wherever we have real estate, we should have wax and old people outside just to scare off anybody else. But for everybody who's like with us, it's a sign of of allyship. Wax senior citizens. When I pass, wax me and use me as some kind of totem to keep the bad people away. It's my wish. You know, at the Roy Rogers Museum in Victorville, they stuffed Trigger. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I went there when I was a kid. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Oh, Trigger. R.I.P. Trigger. <laughs> Dale Evans is also, she's in the canon. She's awesome. Yeah. We're all going to be cowgirls within a year. Yeah. All right. On Mars. <laughs> cowgirls and hoodies. Bye, everyone. Bye. All right. One sweet Judy blue eyes. One, two, three. Keep it, keep it going. Thank you, Tess Lynch. Thank you. Thank you, Emily Yoshida. Thank you. If you like North Mollywood, we encourage you to express that in whatever way feels natural to you, whether that is art or dance or leaving a rating and a review on iTunes if if that's your preferred mode of expression we'd really appreciate it and while you're there check out our other shows like The Stakes Happy Sad Confused Lady Problems and Speed Dial thanks for listening this episode of North Mollywood was produced by Michael Catano Mukta Mohan Kasia Mihailovic and James T. Green for the MTV Podcast Network with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts.